This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Adults, where we bring you adult entertainment talk for the adult entertainment curious. My name is Glenn King. I am an AVN award-winning adult entertainment director slash producer. Been at it for about 18 years. And each week I do some interviews, along with Jim Williams sometimes, uh, with some of the greatest stars both today and in the history of adult entertainment. And when you talk about greatest stars in the history of adult entertainment, one name that is going to come to mind is, of course, Ginger Lynn. And uh, if you're an avid listener of the show, you know that a couple weeks ago I went over to her glorious mansion and talked with Ginger. I brought with me a big list of questions because there's so many things that I wanted to ask her about. And we got through like about two questions. So I asked her if I could come back. And uh, this week I went back to her place. And I said, I'm only going to ask five questions this time. I really I really narrowed it down. <laughs> and then, so if you listen to this, we got through one question this time. But it's a damn good question. I asked her about her time in prison and uh, the whole thing that went on with the uh, the Tracy Lord scandal back then. And, and uh, so you'll find out more about that. And we find out some, some things about Ginger, of course, that you did not know. And I did not know. Always interesting things with Ginger. She's amazing, and I hope to go back and talk to her some more soon. So let's get right to it. Here you go, Ginger Lynn. All right, everybody, Glenn King back over at the Ginger Lynn Mansion here. I'm so honored to be here for what we're going to call part two of our special interview with the legendary Ginger Lynn. As you can tell, she's got a big dog, and he's outside, and he's (laughs) wonderful. So, uh, Ginger Lynn, we covered some really great stuff um, about your history and how you got in the business and such last time. Right. But I have this list of questions <laughs> that are all just been burning a hole in my brain for the last two weeks that we just have to get to. Now, were they things that you already had or were you, we got so into a wonderful piece the last time that it just was like, okay, this is one piece. Did this, did the last piece we do inspire you to do more or is this just, we didn't get to, (laughs) Uh, this is what we didn't get to. I I was inspired. I I could have asked a lot more questions that day. Um, and I realized now that we may only get through one topic again here of this list, but some of them are things that I have been curious about for a long time. I am a student of, your era of porn, I was... The best uh, era ever. It was the best era ever. It really ever. was. Yeah. So I turned 18 in like 1986, I think. Yeah. Okay. You're a couple years... You're 
couple years older than me. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, that was my era of porn, and I had so many questions back then. I mean, it's funny because two of my passions are porn and pro wrestling. I watched so much of those back then, and I didn't have a way. Like today, you can get behind the scenes and know, get to know your porn stars. Right. But back then, you were all such a mystery to us who were watchers back then. A lot of us still are mysteries. I mean, with the advances that we have in technology and the Internet and all these wonderful arenas that we have to communicate and to share things, it's you'd think that you'd know people better. But I I personally find that with so much going on, it scares me sometimes. And I... When I say scared, what really, it doesn't scare me. What bothers me is the shaming that goes on today. Yeah. You know, am I a slut? Fuck yeah. Am I a whore? No. And that's just my difference in definition. You know, a whore does something for money that they don't like. If you do something for money that you like, I don't give a fuck what you do. You're not a whore. Right. But, like, I worked at McDonald's for one day. I was a fucking whore that day. (laughs) I quit. Yeah. But... As far as, you know, being a slut, I'm fucking proud of it. Why should it be any different for a woman than it is for a man? So the opportunity for uh, men to meet these women or to get to know them, um, if they're just a little bit, just be a decent human being and you're going to get to know these girls and you don't have to hide behind anonymity and, 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 you know, say just mean nasty things those don't even bother with if you want to get to know us you are at the point in time where that can happen i call it um relative anonymity so this is the problem the best thing and the worst thing about social media is that people can be relatively anonymous so they can say whatever they want to say and hide behind that so on the good side A person who was afraid to express before that he liked female domination or transgenders or whatever, he now can go out and create a character, a persona online, and be himself. On the negative, he can be the surly dickhead that he really is and call people names and try to body shame and do things and express his... Um, the bad side of himself so it works, without consequence. Exactly. It works both ways. And I think... I, I don't mean to sound negative. I don't think most... Things that come through, at least for me, uh, most of the interaction that I have with with my fans, you know, I, I do a lot of Twitter, but I'm, I'm expanding into other social media areas. And that's a good thing because in a moment we're going to talk about how you can monetize the yeah, huge following know. that you have on social media by introducing you to a new sponsor of ours. But we're going to get to that. We also are going to um, follow up on what you just said by asking you about what you think of today's industry. Okay. But first, I have something that I don't want to not get to. I want to make sure we get to it. <laughs> are you that scared is, that I'm going to get you off track again? <laughs> um, definitely. Well, I expect to be off track. And again, I don't expect to get most of these questions answered. But there's one area that, again, for me back in 1986 or 7 or 8, Whenever this happened, 1986, it's what I think. 1986, something very uh, earth shattering happened in the world of porn. And you're right in the middle of this scandal. Um, I, at the time, was a humongous Tracy Lords fan. I thought, and I know most of you all that from that era hate her. Um, having many conversations with Christy Canyon about this. I never this, said that, but if her tits rot and fall off, I won't shed a tear. <laughs> but to let our listeners know what I'm talking about, so in 1986, 
Tracy Lords, who was one of the top five most popular um, porn stars in the world at the time, very popular. Yeah, very popular. Revealed that she had made every single one of her videos prior to turning eighteen years old. Which then made him all illegal, and it made it illegal for anybody to watch them, produce them, distribute them. Own them, have them in your home. Any, it, it, I know people that, I know one person in particular that had to be put away for a little bit, locked up in a little, uh, get, get some personal time space because he lost everything. This was a photographer, director that was so in love with Tracy, and there, as so many people were, and devoted everything that he did to her and so he lost everything wow everything wow yeah when you say he was in love with her and devoted everything to her you mean that he was her sugar daddy no not at all no he was just uh, a a photographer uh and and producer director that saw something he, he just there was something about Tracy that was mesmerizing, mesmerizing, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would say. For me, it was the shark-like eyes. But for other people, there were other things. And, you know, Suze Randall, who is my idol in the adult industry, um, or just as a woman in general, uh, will defend Tracy to her grave. Um, really? And wow. uh, so, yeah, and, and let's start with you. Do you want me to just tell you the story? Or do you want to ask questions? Well, I, I want you to tell the story. I want you to start with um, just your first experiences in working with her. She was, and by the way, um, I have. Uh, I'm never. I'm not going to say that I've actually seen any Tracy Lords videos because she was underage. So I'm speculating here about Tracy Lords. Of course, of course. Of course. Uh, I did see Tracy Lords. Uh, Tracy, I love you, which was the one movie that she made after after she was eighteen. She was eighteen years old. So that's how, what I'm going on. Um, the thing about Tracy Lords that I think was uh, was somewhat unique is that she was a female dominant in a world of of female submissives. Like, really, a porn movie is usually based upon a guy taking charge, right? But Tracy was a aggressive performer who see now I didn't know that I worked yeah. with Tracy probably a half a dozen times and she didn't bring out the aggressive on me so I didn't see that side when I first met Tracy it was actually we were doing a film and I want to say it was kinky business uh, and Tracy had the lead role uh, no sister dearest what was it called I don't know because I haven't seen any of these movies. That's right. I think it was Sister Dearest. Um, and we met in the parking lot of a grocery store across from Jim South's office. Jim, Jim South was my agent. Jim. He was. He had a Texas draw. Jim South. Yeah. Everybody was darling. And uh, he'd sell his mom for 50 bucks a day. <laughs> yes. We were all 50 bucks a day. It was a flat rate. You can take whoever you want. <laughs> yes, you would. This could, we could go off for hours talking about Jim South, but yeah, you go to his office and he would show you, hand you these big books full of Polaroids, Polaroids. that were so yes, awful. they were. Just the worst looking photos. Well, he would take us in the back room and it was the shag carpet from the, from the 70s, even though this was 80s, uh, it was horrible. And there was a, a, a big wicker chair, and everybody got their photos. You just you walked in, hi, how are you? You know, this this is nude modeling. How do you feel about it? Yeah, there was the conversation. And then if you still wanted to do it, once he explained it to you, this was before people, 
before the agents, I will use quotation marks because uh, I call them pimps these days. Sorry, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, so I met Jim. I met. Uh, we took the horrible photos in the office. Jim would bring out the books. But this day, um, a lot of times if the location was in an odd place or it was a really expensive mansion, they didn't want everybody to know, we would meet in a parking lot of a grocery store. And so we both showed up. Tracy, I don't know how she got into makeup before I did or even where makeup was or maybe she did her own hair, but she had those big pink rollers in her hair. She had on a pair of, remember the dolphin shorts? That were kind of slid on the oh, side yeah. that everybody wore in the 80s. Okay. She was wearing a pair of shorts like that and a little cut off top. And just when I first saw her, I'm like, oh, she's going to be so much fun. She's gorgeous. I, yay. Yeah. These big, beautiful titties. And yeah. I'm just like, and she was pretty. And, and, and then I said hello, and it was a whole fucking different thing. Whole different thing. That woman, I can swear. I swear quite a bit. She's a truck driver. She puts <laughs> me to shame. Puts me to shame. Sure. And so what happened between us is there was a definitely competition. And I think as because of what you said earlier, saying she was a dominant, I don't think that she felt she could be that way with me. Um, I'm always nice to everybody, but there was just a... She knew I didn't like her. She didn't like me. There were very few people who did like Tracy. Yeah. Um, it just, uh, Tom Byron's the only one that comes to mind, and Suze Randall. Um, but, so we did several films together, and there, I was in my very first home I bought in Beverly Hills. I was up in the hill, and I was all excited, and I just got, just because I love life, and I just got out of the shower. I've got a towel around me, and there's a knock on the door, and... <laughs> I'm me, so I just went to the door in my towel <laughs> uh, with my two Rottweilers, sure. and uh, it was the district attorney's office. Someone, uh, there were two people from the district attorney's office, and uh, they they said they wanted they had some questions to ask me, and my res- first response was, "Oh, you must be looking for Amberlynn. I don't even have a parking ticket." <laughs> <laughs> that was what I said because I'm really going the fuck would anybody be at my house for, you know? Yeah, yeah. There was no... And so I invited them in. I said, let me go get dressed. They came in. I set them in my dining room, uh, went upstairs, put some clothes on, came on back on down, and we started talking, and I noticed that there was a tape recorder, and there was a woman and a man in, in her bag, and we, we they, we'd said maybe two things, you know, is this your name? And, you know, do you know this person? Very basic questions. And I went, I I don't have an attorney because I don't need one, but I have an entertainment attorney. Only attorney I know. I'm calling him. So I called my entertainment attorney. And I said, I've got the, somebody from the DA's office here, and they want me to talk about Tracy Lords. And he said, don't say another word. And so I didn't. And I was asked to testify in front of the grand jury by the by the district attorney's office. Okay, um, hold on. Now you're skipping some stuff. So you didn't know, of course, that Tracy was underage when right. they came by. Then when did you find out? Um, I found 
found out most of the details through my attorney mm-hmm. because I didn't want to meet with these people. I, as you know, I had to give a deposition and, and, and there were questions, but uh, the district attorney's uh, uh, office, the, the people from there, the women or the woman, she's the one that told me that Tracy was underage and yeah. Yeah. Uh, they felt uh, that I would be helpful because I, I, I know so many, knew so many people. I found out later on and I have the document to prove it. Um, I, I got a hold of something that I shouldn't have. And what was, was it was a statement that Tracy had made about the industry and that the three people that should be going out, they should go after that. know everything and everybody are Ginger Lynn, Harry Reams and Tom Byron. Those are your three people. And I have that sheet with her statement saying that. Um, okay, now, just to make sure I understand, the district attorney's office wanted to use you to prosecute other people. They wanted to roll you up, essentially. They wanted me to testify against 64 film producers on her behalf. Yeah. They wanted me to identify people through photos, uh one of the photos that I remember distinctly being uh, shown was taken on the movie uh, Sister Dearest or Kinky Business, whichever one it was that, that uh, I'm thinking of that Tracy and I worked on the first time. Uh, so the first time I worked with her, there were people that knew she was there. Someone was taking photos behind bushes in this house, this mansion up in Beverly Hills. And it wasn't like a crew member sneaking off a little side picture. This was somebody you can see, you know, the trees and somebody was not there and taking photos. So, um, as far as who knew what and when they knew it and who was involved, the whole thing, it, it smells really fucking funny to me. You know, why would you have pictures? Where did you get these pictures? And if you do have these pictures, doesn't that mean that you knew what was going on for a long time? You continued to let this happen? Did you start it in the first place? Was the whole thing a setup? I, you know, there's just, it's just so, if it's, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. It's a duck. What's the whole duck analogy? There's just too many things that, that were wrong. So my role, what they wanted me to do was, um, they determined that they wanted me to do this by, I have to tell you the district attorney story. So the district attorney wants me to testify in front of a grand jury. I, I, Deny, I say no. Right, right. Okay, but again, let me clarify for our listeners. The issue here, if you're gonna if we're gonna look at it from the DA side, correct me if I get wrong here. Okay. Is that if you prosecute this case and everyone says, Well, we didn't know she was eighteen year or under eighteen years old, your case is gonna look a little bit weak in front of a jury. So they needed to find somebody that would either lie on their behalf or Tell them, basically, they need to find somebody that would say, yeah, they knew she was under exactly, 18. Exactly, exactly. And the Mies Commission was in full swing. Mm-hmm. You know, this was when... Right, so the Mies Commission, for our listeners, is that under Ronald Reagan, the Attorney General decided that they were going to be um, anti-porn. They set up a commission to study the negative effects of porn, which, by the way, they found, basically, there are very few negative effects of porn. But they wanted to do that, and then they wanted to prosecute obscenity cases. So you're... you're this is the worst time to be in business. Couldn't have been. It was the best time to be in the business. I had the best time ever. I'd retired, just retired a couple months before this all started. So when I refused to testify, 
the U.S. attorney came in and told me, if you do not testify, we will make your life very difficult. Yeah. So I went before the grand jury, and this is when most of the information was revealed to me. This is when I was shown photograph after photograph of people and who is this and what's this person's real name and who, you know, who, who took the IDs that day, who was, they, it was just, they had so much material. It was, it was amazing. I'm blonde. I'm naturally a redhead. And so I have a really bad memory. I think I just have had too much peroxide in my head over the years. I didn't recognize anybody. Oh, I didn't. I didn't uh, really didn't. Okay, you know, yeah, that happens. I, yeah, I made a lot of movies. I don't know. Sure. I, I can't remember who I slept with this morning. Sense. Yeah. Now I wasn't a big druggie on sets. I had about four films that I can recall that I did drugs on, and it was not good for sex. That's a whole other thing. I guess. Um, so. Okay, but did they want you to lie? They wanted me to say that I knew that they knew she was underage. Yes. They wanted me to testify against them, saying they knew, everybody knew, if it, nobody cared, nobody checked IDs, nobody did this. And you told um, them nobody, and you told them before this thing that, look, nobody knew this girl had a fake ID. Well, of course not. Who, and you would not, by looking at her, right. And the way she held herself, presented herself, came across, as you said, she was uh, a, a dominant uh, performer. Yeah, in, with, with in a males, world, actually. When, when she men. was doing a sex scene with men, she was the aggressor. Right. As opposed to usually the man was the aggressor. Although, that's I, something when we talk about today's porn. You don't see a whole porn. lot of victim aggressors, do you? Right. <laughs> Sorry? That's a good point. Um, right, I, I just exactly. hit me and I'm thinking, oh, okay. Yeah. I, so, go on. Um, well, that is a difference between... Um, there were actually a lot of male performers back in the 80s who were soft and, you know, gentlemanly and right. whatever as porn. But nowadays, the male performers want to be jackhammers constantly. They're not so. just jackhammers. They're... I, I, I did, you know, a, a short comeback um, in 2005. And I remember I was working with James Dean and... I felt like a fucking puppet, you know, because yeah. we started off the scene because I, I it was very attracted to him. We'd worked before together. I was really excited yeah. about the scene. Yeah. And he started, you know, the director and he started talking while we we're filming. And I'm like, whoa, no. Okay. This is not going to go down this way. James, what do you like? What turns you on? What do you want to do? Here's what I like. You know, and, and if the director, if you're telling me what to do while I'm doing it, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to lose. It's like a ballerina and you stop her in the middle of a play or of a performance. It, you know, it, it just, you don't stop me. So I noticed a big change in, there were dominant males in like Jamie Gillis was about as fucked up as you could. Freaky. I'm a huge Jamie Gillis fan. Love Jamie. Yeah. Jamie in one scene, I don't remember why or how, but he took me by the hair and he pulled up this top of the of a toilet seat, put my head in it, put the lid over it, made me suck his dick through the toilet seat. <laughs> and with yeah. anybody else you would go that's fucked up. With Jamie, you're like, okay. My first anal was accidentally with Jamie. I was doing a, a scene for Suze Randall, one of the Suze Centerfolds, and Jamie's behind me, and we're just going, and he just slips up my butt, and, I, and I'm new, way new, and I didn't know what to do, so I just pretended 
it, that's what I just went with. <laughs> so I'm a male performer at times. I do understand how that can, like you, you know, people get mad and say, "Oh, he knew he was sticking in her ass," but you, it is They're sometimes right possible. There. They're right next to each other. Exactly. Everything right, gets so sloppy. What? So let's we're going to talk Tracy about Wars. well, and what you're talking about is Gonzo, and that's where the new kind of porn that wasn't around back then. We're going to talk about that later. But first, I need to talk to our listeners about our new sponsor. We have a new sponsor. We have a new sponsor. It's Sex Panther. Sex Panther. Let me tell you why Sex Panther. Is great. Okay. Listeners of our show have gotten to know porn stars um, p- through the show because I ask them intimate questions and I bring things out. And right. then the, the listeners are like, wow, I wish I could have been there for that interview. I wish I could have asked her some questions myself. And, you know, that's people like Christy Canyon, um, Christina Rose, uh, Kimberly Chi, Evanati. Well, here's the thing you, the listeners, can talk to all of those people. You can actually. Just send them a text and have a conversation with them. You can send them a dick pic, um, and they will look at your dick pic and tell you if they like it or not. They can send you pictures. They can send you video, and they can they just charge you by the texts. So it's kind of like paid. So there's texting. no no talking on the. It's, there's talking. You can, oh, you if, can you talk want, too. if okay. they want if they want actually. As, so on the performer side, if you're on this, right, you can say, okay, today I feel like talking to people, so I'm going to make myself available for phone calls, and you can set your rate for whatever you want to do for phone calls. If you just want to text back and forth with people, you set up a rate per text, and you can put up a different rate for pictures versus just plain text. And some people will want to just talk to you about your artwork and about your life and ask you questions and others want to exchange pictures with you and whatever and all of this can and be done some i'm sure want to talk dirty some want to talk dirty absolutely uh, all yeah. of this can be done absolutely. through sex panther the girls that i just sex named panther s-e-x-t-p-a-n-t-h-e-r sex like sexting panther.com Go there, start talking to Christy Canyon today. She's on that thing all day long. Talk to Christina Rose. Christina is the dirtiest girl in all of porn. This is amazing. I love this. Yeah, well, so let's, now I'm going to turn to camera two over here, which Uh actually towards you, and point and talk about the performer side of things, because a lot of people... A lo- we we now have 50,000 subscribers to this podcast, and That's many of them... fabulous. Absolutely. Many of them are um, porn stars, webcam artists, fetish performers, etc., who listen to the show, and they really value the advice that our performers give them. And I have advice for you now. If you're a performer or a webcam artist or whatever, you've done the obvious part, which is build up your social media following. Now you need to figure out, how do I monetize these people? How do I actually make money off of having 200,000 Instagram followers? This is how you do it. You just let them know that, hey, I'm available to text and sext with you on sexpanther.com slash, let's just say, Christina Rose. And so if you're a performer, you, you set it up like that, That's and then your fans great. can contact you. And you don't have to worry about, well, what if they text me at 3 a.m. or whatever. It's all controlled by you. You can turn it off at night. Um, you can turn it on for the hours that you want to. You're not giving out your real phone number. They have a, a high-tech system where some somebody texts a different number or whatever, and then it goes to you. So you're not violating your privacy. That's fantastic. I would love to talk to my fans like that. You know, I get a lot of uh, emails, and and I answer every single one of them. But I'm old school. I like to actually talk to people. I I text. That's not a problem. 
But I think to have the opportunity to actually have a conversation with with a fan rather than, you know, what's your favorite color? You know, it, it it's not as fluid when you do it through the social media the way it's done today. So Sex Panther gives me the opportunity to monetize, but even more so and better for me than that is... I want to know my questions from my fans, what what they want to know, and I want to know things about them too. Yeah. So I think it would be it's it's a win win for everybody. This is something that you have to do. I re- I'm telling you right now, Help I refuse to leave the, the Gingerland Mansion today <laughs> until you are signed up because you're depriving your fans of gracing them with you and they want to get to know you and they want to talk to you and so on and I know they're going to be lining up for this so we're signing you up for Sex Panther alright all right. and I can do pictures and because I do pictures every single day on Twitter yeah and there are I have tens of thousands of photos I'm one of those girls that has saved everything I have if I don't have the actual movie that I'm in because I used to save all of them but then friends come over and you start giving them away I at least have a box cover from every movie I've ever made. And so a lot of the things I put up are memory things. It's like, oh my God, remember uh, Barbara Dare and I in the bathtub scene in, in, in Blame It on Ginger. So I'll put up the box cover and then, you know, write a little bit about what's going on. Um, but this way I could share things like this that, you know, what's your favorite movie? Well, here's the box cover. I'd have photos to go with it. So I'm... Uh, I, I'm setting. I'm going to have you set me up for sext. 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 Sext panther. panther. I'm excited. I'm probably going to text you on there myself. I have so many questions. <laughs> um, That's okay, how so. I have to do this interview. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, they'll be sexting for you, questions. Only ninety-nine dollars. <laughs> Per minute. Fair enough. Fair enough. I asked her to be in one of my videos one time. She told me, I think, $10,000 or something. I'm not She's very expensive. I am expensive, but I'm worth it. All right. So just to sum up what we're talking about, Sex Panther, if you are a fan of any porn star at all, go to sexpanther.com, S-E-X-T-P-A-N-T-H-E-R.com. Scroll through all the amazing ladies on there. And find your favorite porn star and start texting today. If you're a performer um, who wants to start monetizing her social media, go to sexpanther.com and sign up today. There you go. Sexpanther.com. I'm going to be on it. Yes. And by the way, people, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Get on there. (laughs) Talk to Ginger Lynn. This is somebody that you've never had the opportunity to speak directly with before. And now you're going to get that opportunity. This is so cool. I love it. Okay, so let's get back to our Tracy Lord story over here. Okay. You were asked to speak to the grand jury. You had a memory cloud of um, where suddenly you couldn't remember any pictures. My nickname is Dory. Yes. You know, it's, it really is. So I just didn't remember anything. So after they... Okay, how do I put this? Um, they did not go after Tom or Harry... Tom Dickery. There's no dick in there. Uh, Tom Byron, Harry Reams. And Tom Byron, Harry Reams. After they they started with me, it became such. It was such a hassle. I think they thought that we were going to be these these naive, you know, oh, pushovers you like know, me. Pu- pushovers. I would have been a pushover. Most people were. Yeah. So what happened was uh, I refused to testify against these people, and I went before the grand jury, remembered nothing. Five years to the day, which was the time limit they had to charge me with something, 
they had tried to charge me with tax evasion. I paid all my taxes. What they did was, it was, they charged me with willfully subscribing to a false tax return. Basically, what they said was there was $2,087.04 that went into my account. There was no W-2 for it, no 1099, no whatever. It was not mandatory that employers 1099 or their employees at that time. So I had money in the bank that they couldn't tell where it came from. And they charged me with willfully subscribing to a false tax return. Wow. So I was facing six years in prison. Uh, I ended up, what happened was they brought in all of these people that they wanted me to testify against. They brought them in to testify against me. And they told them, if you don't tell us what we need to hear, we're going to, this is not going to end. You're next. So you've got all these producers and directors going, okay. And what they were saying was that I knew that she was underage and, and, and that they had paid me this much money. So I had one company that had a woman who worked there. And my money went into my bank account. I didn't, you know, people write you checks. Very rarely did you ever get paid in cash. It, it, it just wasn't a cash business. Right. So um, they, they knock on my door. They charge me with willfully subscribing to a false tax return. And I'm facing six years in prison. Uh, all of these different um, people came forward and basically said whatever the government, they just wanted it to look like, you know, I was a fuck up and a liar and they wanted to get even with me because I did not make their, they thought it, I was going to be that pushover and their case yeah. with Tracy was going to be just a slam dunk. But, but they're, they're prosecuting you by basically saying you, you accepted $2,000 from somebody who didn't report it as income. Yes. Those people that are testifying against you, did they know where the $2,000 came? How were they? No, no. They nobody were just did. character witnesses they were to just, say you're a bad person. Basically, or how much did you pay her? And did you pay her in cash? And I had one company that the, the woman there that worked there, she was so sweet. And she didn't know that everything was cool. And I wanted the real records. I wanted everybody bring the shit. Bring your contracts. I've yeah. got mine. Bring yours. Yeah. Um, and one of the women at a company, she burned, she started a fire in their office to burn all the files because she loved me so much. What so company was that? Do you remember? Um, no, she died of AIDS. Okay. Do you know, does that give you any help? Well, there were a number of porn stars who died of HIV. Uh, this was uh, a... Lisa DeLeo? It wasn't DeLeo. Lisa DeLeo died um, of a brain tumor. Oh, okay. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. I yeah. mean, not that she, I'm not glad that no. she died of... Brain tumor. Yeah, she's kind of glad she didn't die of HIV. HIV, Yeah. Um, No, but it it was somebody that was married to somebody in the business. Okay. And she got HIV through him. Oh, we can talk about it later. Um, Yeah, but so she. It it turned out that there were three counts that they tried to charge me on, and and they found me guilty on the one. Mm -hmm. Uh, The maximum they could sentence me to was six years. Mm -hmm. And I remember the day, I don't know if it was a sentencing, it was a day and I was by the water fountain and I was just crying. I was just beat. I was just done. Um, During the trial, I had a cyst burst in my ovary and spent nine days in the hospital. 
which made the prosecutor furious because he had his family vacation planned and they thought I'm faking it. I'm like poisoned. Yeah. I'm in there, you know, yeah. spazzing out and losing it there. And so it, it went on forever. Um, and were you considering at any point? You must have been considering just giving in. Nope. Giving them what they want. Not, not for a not second. For a second. My grandfather You're was amazing. A, my grandfather was a cop, and, yeah. and you don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't snitch, you don't steal. I wish Snitching I could say that I was right like, up there because I agree, but I don't know it's if hard, you it's... put me under those circumstances. I probably would say. All right, you want me to lie about Ginger? She's a murderer. She's an absolute ex-murderer. I, I saw her do it. I think most people would because yeah. it, it's it's instinct. You know, you protect to protect, protect yourself. yourself first. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't point fingers at anybody. I'm not angry. My two favorite people that came that day, Suze Randall, or not that day. It was over a two week period, and then more time because of my health issues but Suze Randall I'm on the stand or she's walking up to the stand I'm sitting by my lawyer and the jury is on one side and she puts her hand up and like a thumbs up for a thumbs up to Ginger you know she's doing like hand signals the judge everybody in the courtroom can see her <laughs> and she's Bless just heart, adorable yeah. and I worked for Suze probably more than anyone else um, we had a several contracts where she shot me I, I was uh, I, I wrote stories for magazines and so I would do pictorials every month I went with the stories and I did a lot for Club International and then we did Club Magazine General and we did a lot of work together um, and the other one that got up and didn't give a fuck and I love him and he, we just lost him recently was Russ Hampshire Mm, yeah. Russ got up and he was like, fuck now. You know, I write it. This is a business. People come in. We pay them. They do their, they do their job. We pay them. And this is how it is. Why would some, why would she know anything about the Russ was, and, and Sue's both were just amazing. Yeah. Everyone else. Um, I don't want to bring up any names, but it was, I felt bad for the people because they were walking up and they're like not making eye contact and, you know, it it was a really big deal. It you know, so what I is there a name that you want to throw out of somebody that you felt was like beyond what was reasonable? Bob Vesey. Okay. Photographer. Yeah. Just like so wormy and so you know, like what do you want me to say? That yeah. kind of a thing. And and it's not like they had a million questions. They had so many witnesses and so many you know people. You know, they were just trying to prove that I didn't pay my taxes. But, you know, obviously, uh, they brought so in and brought up so many Tracy Lures issues. So, it turned out, uh, I, I was, the prosecutor saw me crying and he said, just say you're guilty. I'm like, I'm, fuck you. I'm not, no, I'm not guilty. I spent $450,000 on a trial yeah. for a crime I did not commit over a $2,087 and $4 issue. Which um, they could get. Anybody it, I know. It was just anybody I know has and I've money been audited that has come in three that times since. From. Yeah. They still they still check me out all the time. Um, so I did not get six years. What the judge uh, sentenced me with was seven hundred and fifty hours of community service. That's a, That's lot, a lot of, of hours. fucking hours. Yeah, yeah. And mandatory drug testing. 
okay. and the drug testing ah, was yes. you called in every day to check and you, so you never knew you called that night to yeah. find out if you if you had to go in the next day so anything that you would do would be in your system if you if you did i was allowed to drink alcohol so there wasn't a problem there um my community service i was allowed to travel to do my, my uh, touring my stripping shows and so i go out there and i'm like nasty and filthy and sitting if you're bald i'm gonna sit on your head and rub my pussy on it and i'm just you know i think i saw one of your shows actually. oh you, I, I think i have a picture somewhere oh really yeah <laughs> yeah i, yeah, I, I, I loved album. doing it yeah. so caligula you would have been at caligula, caligula. Yeah. yes many times yeah. i loved caligula yeah one of my favorite clubs yeah not there anymore no, it was uh, the owners it, may or may not have burned, burned it down. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Insurance yeah. settlement, but we're not. Things, we're speculating. We're speculating. You just don't know. All right. We're going to find out about what her jail sentence and what it was like to go to jail um, after we talk about our other big sponsor, which, of course, is Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is the world's first provider of a chewable erectile dysfunction, erectile enhancement supplement that contains the same active ingredients as they do in Viagra and Cialis, which you can now get generic. So, so that's what we're talking about here. So I'm a 50-year-old guy who performs in videos. We've talked about this many times on the show. Right now, I'm filming a feature, which costs more to make, and we put a lot more effort into... Um, but I am the lead male character in this movie. It's called Cuck Queen. It's actually about a wife who becomes a cuckold. Oh. Yeah. So we've shot three of the most amazing scenes I've ever participated in in my life. And we have one more scene to Which, go. you're so lucky. But for a man, I just have to stop you for a second here. As a woman, you know, if I was having a shitty day, I could... If I had to fake an orgasm, I right. preferred not to. I'm like, this is my job. I want to come. What are you talking about? But for the male performers um, and just men in general, it's different. You can't just do it on command. And there's there's a point in time at for everyone, and that this happens. So it, to have a chewable pill yeah. that you can take. So you're in the middle of the movie. You've done three of the four scenes. They're fantastic. Three scenes. I've performed with Noemi Bilas. Um, who's a beautiful African-American girl. I've performed with Nina L., who is a blonde bombshell. I performed with Kiara Cole, who is the hottest 19-year-old in the universe these days. Oh, my goodness. Um, and every one of those scenes so far... And by, and by the way, the first scene we released is going crazy with sales. Um, but every one of the scenes that you watch, you go, wow, he had wood. That's amazing, the entire scene. And so, and I have my next scene coming up next week. I really like the girl. She is, uh, her name is Kimberly Chi. She's, oh, I know Kimberly Chi. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. I, I fucked her. She's awesome. <laughs> Isn't she? So, you know, Kimberly yeah. gets into your head. She's so, um, what's the word for it I'm looking for? She's such a, a mentally stimulating person. Yes. Yes. So you don't want. So not only do I not want to um, lose the money and do a shitty scene and you know screw up my own video, but I really right. like Kimberly and I don't want to disappoint her as well. Aww. But I am have no fear whatsoever because I use Blue Chew. It was a roundabout, long way of saying so, but that's here's the payoff, guys. All right. I use Blue Chew. Blue Chew gives me the confidence that I need as well as the erections that I need to succeed. Um, I How take long it does it take about to come into effect? Or? 20, 30 minutes. Perfect. Because it's chewable, right. it gets to you a lot faster. Okay. I use the um, 
the generic that is uh, the same ingredients as Cialis, and then I take it the night before usually. Although, oh. so, so what I do is I'll take one the night before, right. and then the day of, if we start doing the pictures, and I'm thinking, boy, I'm not yeah. getting the kind of erections, the kind of seven and a half inch erections exactly. that I want, I take a second one, and then the second one, 20 minutes it later, just... pulls in. Which, which, to that, actually gets you to the recommended, um, doctors recommend 10 milligrams of Cialis as the average prescription. Right. These pills are five each, so okay. you can take one or two, right. you, you can take two and you're still within the range of what doctors are saying. Blue Chew is awesome. Blue Chew is awesome, and if you are listening to the show and you're thinking, oh, is he full of shit, what, should I try this? Here's the answer. You should try it, and I'm going to make this a no-brainer for you because you can use my promo code, ADULT, to try it for free. You just go to the website, go to bluechew.com. Um, you're going to fill out a little box that you goes to the doctor, and you're going to say, I have troubles with erections, or I need better erections, or whatever. A doctor reviews it. They write a prescription for you. and um, But then you're going to, there's a box that says promo code at checkout. You've put in adult, adult. and it'll be free, um, and they're just going to charge you $5 for shipping. Oh, will you help me when we're done? We'll do that, too? Sign you up. We will um, sign yeah, you up. Absolutely. I want, so I'm going to do Blue, blue Chew. It's not from, I'm not going to chew it. But, of course. Um, it's for my partner, so Blue Chew, and I want to be part of that, too. There you go. So sign up for BlueChew.com. Ginger's going to sign up her man. <laughs> Everyone should be signing up for this thing because it's free. So yeah. Yeah. what are you waiting for out there? Go get yourself some Blue Chew. Have better erections. And more importantly, have the confidence to walk into any situation right. knowing that you're you're going to perform like a champ. So Absolutely. There you go. Thank you so much, BlueChew.com, for sponsoring us. Let's get back to our interview with Ginger Lynn. So you're in court. You have bravely stood up to the American justice system, which is sort of based on um, rolling people up to get them to testify against other yeah. people. Um, they have, sentence you to community service and to um, drug, testing. drug testing. But with the community service, um, because I was touring and then and, and dancing at the time, um, I was on the road usually about three weeks out of the year so, or out of the month. So I would, I'd be out on the stage being naughty and nasty and wild. And then I would go in the back and I'm knitting. What I did for my community service was I did a hundred blankets for, uh, vets in wheelchairs. I just did wheelchair blankets for everybody. So that was, it was actually very therapeutic and I felt like it was really doing something for the community. Yeah, I applaud this. I'm and a big was, fan of veterans and doing things for veterans. So, my yeah. dad was a veteran. Good. You know, my one of my uncles. So, yeah, Good. absolutely. Um, so, I'm doing great. My, it's we're like my. I've got three months left of my of my three years of probation. It's almost over. You know, I've been passing all my tests. Everything's wonderful. It's can film festival time. Now, I don't know if I say it right. I hear can, I hear can. I say can. Okay. So, um, C-A-N-N-E-S, but it's French, so you can pronounce it any way you want to. Can. can S. Oh. <laughs> so I went to can S for the film festival, right. okay. <laughs> um, which I was given permission to do. And I'm on the beach doing my, my, my thing. And there's, you know, all the reporters and all the press. And every time that, you know, we're, there's the interviews and it, it, there's just huge, huge crowds. And it, it's just amazing. And I, I look down to the next place where there, and there's somebody with a bigger fucking crowd. I'm not happy about this. This is my, my moment right now. I'm in Cannes 
for the lead in my for my first lead in a mainstream film that had a theatrical release and we're in camp for the film festival. Um, well, the other, I went down to the other platform and it was Charlie Sheen. And Charlie and I had broken up. Well, we were together two years, a little over two years straight and then off and on for another three years. So we were off at that point. And it reminded me, I swear to God, of that commercial where the two people on the beach start running. And so, Aww. you know, it was just, uh, we, we ran into each other, ended up spending, I, I moved over to his hotel, hung out with him and Clint Eastwood and all these cool people. And, and Charlie was going on to Vienna to do uh, The Three Musketeers. So he said, why don't you come to Vienna with me? And I'm like, ah, okay. So um, we fly to Vienna. Well... I was engaged to someone else and was wearing their ring and I'm out with with Charlie I'm out with with uh, Oliver Platt I'm out with uh, Chris Con Chris O'Connell oh, you know yeah. and and we're like doing go-karts and all just all these crazy things and and the press the, I was taking photos and yeah. I don't think twice about it well um, it was, it was still my partying days, let's say, <laughs> and um, I I may or may not have ingested some substances that that stayed in my system for a while, and because the, I was wearing the ring, the press thought that I was back with Charlie, and we were engaged. Uh -huh. So my probation officer, I got a new one while I was gone. I had the coolest woman for all these years, and some dude steps in for my last three months, and it, I always say they were waiting for me at the at the, the airport, but it, it was, you know, call in and you're, you're, you're drug testing tomorrow, and uh, uh, I didn't pass. Yeah. So I was back to facing my six years in prison. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... It's not... Do we have time? Am I, how are we doing? <laughs> well, we're already 50 minutes in. Which, by the way, you're listening to Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and our guest, the very, very special legendary Ginger Lynn. We're going to take our final commercial break really quickly and be right back to hear the end of this story with Ginger Lynn. <laughs> Life is about making decisions. At BMW I, we decided it was time to reinvent the car from the ground up making sure we were open for truly innovative ideas. We decided that the car we wanted must be electric, and it should be made of extremely light and super strong carbon fiber. And finally, we decided to make it more intelligent and added our promise of incomparable driving pleasure. We made all these decisions to offer you a choice. The all-electric BMW i3. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. 
Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. All right, and we're back with Ginger Lynn, and now we're going to hear um, the end of the story here, or or at least the end of the first question that I asked you today. <laughs> All right, so you're on probation, and you found out you violated the terms of your probation because yes. of one incident yes. where you tested positive for um, some form of illegal substance. What happens I then? also got in trouble for going to a country I did not have permission to go. I just flew off to Vienna. I, oh, okay. I didn't so you did have permission to go to France for the I film festival, right. but then you didn't have permission to move to the next place. No, and because it, my, I was almost done with my probation, I wasn't really having to test or do anything. I never, you know, it was like the end. Um, so what happened was... Uh, Rather, I, I, I was in bad. I knew that I was going to have to go to jail. My father drove from Illinois. Um, and at like 9 in the morning, my phone rings, and I answer it, say hello, and then they hang up on me. And I'm like, eh, what's that? My grandmother's already here staying with me. And not 20 minutes later, I hear the doorbell ring. And it was just that ah! slow motion. I knew I just knew something, it was something bad. And so Graham's like walking, she's got the wheel of fortune on, she's walking towards the front door. And I get there just in front, and I'm like, no, 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 don't answer the door. And so my dad is, my dad is already actually in LA with my girlfriend. They're at the bank clearing out my safe deposit box, all my accounts. You know, I'm going away. So we're just getting everything ready. Uh, the marshals actually, well, as I was trying to figure out how to make that rope, because I was at my condo was on the third floor, like they always do in the movies, out of sheets. Yes. Uh, the marshals <laughs> were I feel covered in paint. The marshals were busy um, taking the door off the hinges. Uh, so. And in the movies, the marshals don't stand in the back of the house, also. But I think in real life, don't they actually try to anticipate where you might go if you're going to bolt? Well, there, I was three stories <laughs> up. There was no one below me. Okay. Um, I don't. There were anyway. They had a big van, <sighs> and what happened was I heard my dad's voice, "Ginger, I'm home," and so that's when I opened the door. And just, I just needed my dad there. I knew I was going, I knew I had to, but I wanted my dad, you know, that little girl in me came out. So, uh, they handcuffed me, shackled me, hands and feet. Um, they did let me get dressed because I was just wearing a t-shirt that I was sleeping in. Took me to, um, where to go first? I went to the holding cell. And so I'm in the holding cell, and I've never been in jail in my life. I literally don't have any parking tickets. I, I'm just like a good girl. Yeah. Or just never gotten caught. And uh, so I'm in there for 12 hours, and it was the worst experience. It, it just kept getting worse and worse. It's, it's 20 women in a piss-stained floor, dirty. There's a roll of toilet paper, but... The girl that looks like she will murder you if you look at her is using the toilet paper as a pillow. You know, and what city jail is this? This is Los Angeles. Okay, Los Angeles County lockup yeah. over in, in uh, downtown. Downtown. Right? Oh, downtown. God, of yeah. All the places. Yeah. 
And so... Because if you end up in like Burbank or whatever... Oh, yeah, you're, you're cool. Actually... No, I was downtown LA. Mm. And so most of the people that were in the holding tank were coming to or from court. You know, they were already in MDCLA, which is where I was on my way to. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, I get arrested. I'm in the holding tank. Jethro, love Jethro. Jethro is the guard. Jethro's a fan. Lunch comes. Everybody gets their bag with a sandwich in it. Jethro brings me McDonald's. Okay. Everybody hates me. And so it was like like the jail movies, like I'm going to be killed here. And there were two women in there, Juanita and Juice. Okay. Juice was about two foot tall, little Asian woman. Juanita was the biggest, tallest Mexican I've ever seen. Not, she wasn't an overweight woman. She was just a big ass woman. And the two of them became, they protected me. They like sat, they didn't say anything or do anything. They just sat by me, you know, and, and, and nobody fucked with me. Oh, that's nice. Which was great. So yeah. then I go to prison. I'm in there for 12 hours. Jethro made things worse with the, with the McDonald's. So fans, sometimes it's great, but sometimes you got to pick your timing better. So I get, it's like two in the morning now and I, they finally take me over and the jail, it's dark. Everybody's, you know, sleeping and it's in lockdown. Wait, why do you suppose they waited till 2 a.m. to I have no idea. The- other people laugh. That just seems mean. It, and by well, I think I know why. I'll tell you as the story goes on. Okay. So they bring me over, and they there's a cell. Now I learned later that the cells are in groups. There's the Hispanic group. There's the uh, Brazilian group. There's the Colombians are over here. There's the and there's one white girl there in one cell. So they put me in. A cell that I would have been killed if there was anybody else in there. So they put me in. I'm by. They hand me some dirty. I shouldn't say dirty. Washed, blood-soaked, and urine-soaked underwear and clothes. Just filth. It's just like somebody else's old crud on it. And I'm up in. So I've got my 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 clothes on, and I'm on the top top bunk, and I'm just thinking, how in the fuck did this happen? And I'm I'm in prison. I'm in I'm in like. M-D-C-L-A. I am where, like, the big bad people, bad people, there's the, the, the like, Colombian drug dealers, there's murderers. One of, the day that, okay, so, here's what happened. So, that night, I'm in for maybe a half an hour in my bed crying. Two guards walk in, they're out of uniform, and they start talking about how they like the way I slept it. Now, I've been in that movie, and I don't want to do it in real life. Yeah. I basically have a mental breakdown and just flip the fuck out. And they're laughing hysterically. They think this is the funniest thing in the world. So, uh, they leave. I make it through the night. Nobody bothers me. In the morning, I'm reassigned to a cell with the other white girl that's in prison. And I'm not being racist here. I'm saying it's dangerous. You know, if you're the minority and you don't have, like, a gang of people and you don't have somebody looking out after you, you are fucked. While I was there, um, there was a girl that narked on somebody and they took her down to the last cell, sodomized her with a toilet brush and put out her left eye. Okay. There was like, so I, I wasn't in, you know, they say, oh, it's federal. Yeah. You're not in a white collar. A friend of mine went to a federal uh, prison. He, he, there was a yellow line around the facility and, and they just, he wasn't allowed to step across the yellow line. Like, they didn't even have fences. Fences, yeah. But that's not... You were in no. one of those... 
high security maximum federal security prisons. federal prison. Not a state. It was a federal. Federal. Fe- yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. But I'm just letting people know that federal prisons are not all that they look like on TV. Right. Um, so my life is hell. Everybody knows who I'm doing. I'm on TV every night. There's one TV in the middle room and, you know, the extra or, the, you know, whatever show that's on tonight. I'm on the fucking news. It's like, is she married to Charlie Sheen? Is she just in prison? Did she, you know, it's like, it's, it's hell. Um, I get one phone call a day. Um, you get five minutes. So the next morning, um, I just skipped or just added things that happened later on. But the next morning I called my attorney and I told him what had happened. And what I didn't know is that all phone calls are recorded. My attorney did know that. And so he had access to them. So he was, well, during the conversation, he said, I'm going to contact the Wall Street Journal. I'm going to contact this. You know, again, this is my entertainment attorney. Yeah. I, I never, I hired somebody that sucked, but my entertainment attorney was really who I, I didn't know anybody. Um, so I end up, what happens is word kind of spreads that, Ginger Lynn has been, uh, you know, uh, not abused, but uh, fucked with in prison. Yeah. And I've got a big mouth. You know, I'm on the phone and I'm crying, I'm screaming, and I'm hollering, and I'm yelling, and I'm, I'm upset, and I'm getting the fuck out of here. And, you know, I'm, I wasn't through a little quiet, wild child while I was in there. A quiet, wild child. Um, so 17 days later, um, this is after seeing heroin for my first time. This is... After me learning how to take a light bulb out of the, the thing, take a pencil, you shave off the wood on the outside, you put the lead in, and you get fire, you can smoke in your room. Um, I learned how to mix and fix heroin. I learned how to cut Coke cans so that you could do it the right way. Uh, I learned how to tie off my, my roommate. I was in a drop cell. A drop cell is one that has a vent in it that drops down to each cell. I had that vent. So everybody was in and out of my room all day. It's the drop cell. You want chocolate, you go to, you know, it's four floors down. You want heroin, you go six floors down. Uh, one of the girls that I met um, was wearing a vial of blood, and she and her boyfriend, they would drop and share blood every day. They would drink each other's blood. We were There was one uh, place for the women. So, you know, I, I did make my own shank. I made it out of my razor and a pencil and a rubber band. It wasn't the best one, but I needed one. It was the scariest. Uh, I learned. Oh, it just. I, I. I stayed to myself. My acting saved my fucking life. My grandfather being a cop saved my fucking life. Um. So after 17 days, I was brought before the judge, and miraculously, there were no the what they were going to do was I needed to do 30 days in rehab. And then three months in Gateway CC, which is a halfway house. My roommates, there were over 70 men and there were six, six or seven women. Um, I lived with Essie the arsonist, Margaret the murderer, I swear to God. And I can't remember the, the credit card thief's name. Uh, and I went in as a girl named Pamela. I wore a hat. I was allowed to leave during the day. So the whole, you've got 17 days in federal prison, you've got 30 days in a rehab, and you've got 90 days in in a halfway house where I'm actually able to leave at night, but it's very scary. And during, the, during my time in prison, I went on an audition and I walked in, this is how we'll wrap up the story, I walked in and Tracy fucking Lords is sitting there. 
It's, I'm in fucking prison. I'm out. I'm going to have to pee when I get back. And so I walk out. I call my agent. I'm like, I'm not doing it. Tracy Lords is here. He goes, get your ass back in there. Get the role. Then you turn it down. So I go back in. I'm reading the script. There's one dialogue between myself and Dennis Franz. And I say to him, I want to lick your lollipop. I go off the board. I am not licking a fucking lolly. I'm not saying that line. I'm not doing it. I don't want the role. Get your ass back in there. Get the role and then walk in. So I go back in because I'm now going to go confront Tracy. And is this NYPD Blue? What this is NYPD okay. Blue. But okay. nobody knew. Nobody didn't have a name at the time. Okay. It, it was the, the, one of the first six episodes or something, which was nominated for five Emmys, one three with me as the guest star. So the good thing is I didn't give a fuck if I got the role. All I wanted to do was kill Tracy Lords because I'm doing time right fucking now. I'm out for the day and she's in the same room. So I went in. I didn't give a shit about the role. I didn't. I knew the dialogue. I just did it. And uh, they first time ever, they placed me on hold immediately. So I did the role. You know, I just heard an interview with Woody Harrelson <laughs> yesterday, and he was talking about how when he went to, he had been working as an understudy on Broadway, so then he goes to interview, uh, to, uh, um, to try, for, try out for the role on Cheers, and he walked in there saying, so his, the guy that he was the understudy for had just been arrested or something like that, and his Broadway play had called him and said, come on back, you're going to be the star now of this Broadway play. So he walks into the Cheers thing saying, I don't fucking care one bit whether I get this because I already have my dream job right. waiting for me at home. And he says, you know, turns out that's the best way to audition is when you don't really want it, the role. It is. It is. I am right now, I've got a film that I really, 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 really want. It's a fabulous character. I uh, sent my audition tapes in on Monday. Uh the writer and I have been speaking, um, but she's been out sick, so they haven't made any decisions yet, but I have a really, really, really good chance of getting the role. Um, I've got a film that I was supposed to be doing in April by Jim Wynorski that I did Hollywood Boulevard for. Now he's got two films, and the last time he put me in a film, he made me the lead, and he was happy with it. So he has said, I said I might be doing another movie he said, I will work around your schedule. In the meantime, I get another call from another production company, and they, they're like 90%. They're like, well, what we're going to do is just increase. It's a small character. We're going to make it big for you. Thank you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and one of my pieces of art, uh, I got commissioned today. I had put, put up a photo of a, a commissioned piece that I did. For a woman who said, do anything you want. And I was obsessed with octopuses that week. So I did this giant octopus. And I saw one of my fans that lives in Las Vegas. You know, if I know some people, I'll, you know, we'll go to lunch every once in a while. And we were flipping through and I showed him the octopus. He called me this morning. He commissioned one. <laughs> so I just drew her. Her name is Olivia. She's uh, already drawn. Uh, and well, I do the lead first because I'm making her. I'll show you to her when when I'm done. Yeah. Well, that brings me to our wrap up. Um, and again, we got through one question off of my list today. So yeah, <laughs> a little high five on that one. I have so much more. Come on, fist that, bump. Um, Come on. A fist bump. Yeah, you. baby. You know, and then and we're just gonna have to figure out. Uh, how, we're just gonna have to do a series of these where we just cover one topic at a time, and that's fine because you're fascinating and you know how to tell a story. So, um, 
talk again about where people can find you and this time talk about your art like what how does somebody contact you if they want to commission art or if they want to see your work what you can do for my art it's very simple you go to gingerlinart.com uh, there's the there's a drop down with there's 12 pages that are full right now there's a contact button where you can email me and none if my pieces if it's sold it'll say sold on it um, they are all numbered. I don't tell you the name. The reason I do this is because I want to talk to you. If you're interested in my art, I want you to know the story behind the piece that you're buying. I want to tell you how I felt, what song I heard that inspired me. Um, you know, there's a piece downstairs that I was really weepy a couple weeks ago. And somebody wanted to buy it this morning and I, I had to say no. I'm not writing yet. But for the most part, what they do is they just go to gingerlinart.com click on the contact button, send me an email. I will answer and tell you all about the, the photo. I'll answer any questions that you have or about the painting. And it gives us a little much, a little more. So you get something personal from me. I really care. You can also find me at gingerlin.com. And you can also find me if, if you're naughty and you know it, go to gingerlinauctions.com. Yeah, get you some worn panties. That's right. Used, uh, used panties worn by your favorite porn star. And soon, Sexed Panther. Yes, that is huge. You guys are going to have the opportunity to talk to her directly. Um, she doesn't have an Instagram, but she is on Twitter, and it's Blame It on Ginger. And what we're going to try to do today, with Ginger's permission, is take a couple of pictures of her artwork or of us standing with her artwork, and no. we're going to put it on my Instagram, which is King underscore XX. So that's G-L-E-N-N-K-I-N-G underscore XX. Let's take a couple of good pictures and put them okay. on Instagram. So thanks for listening. Um, if you are a, a, a not yet a subscriber to the podcast, this is the one thing that we ask of you in exchange for providing with all this entertainment. Uh, and that is subscribe to the podcast. So whether you're listening to us on um, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, I want or iHeartRadio, uh, um, YouTube, whatever it is, uh, do go on there. But give us a five star review. Subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you. We thank you very much for listening today. Again, it's me and the great Gingerland. Thank you. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.